Welcome to the Warrior Mindset Podcast. We are your guide as you make your way through life, getting better 1% every day. We believe that life is lived and true victory won through adversity. Nothing easy is ever worth it. We believe in the warrior ethos and support those that choose to walk that path. All right, we're live. Oh, I'm so happy to talk to you. I'm happy to talk to you too, man. <laughs> it's been too long, I, man. It really has. It was what, July? Yeah, yeah. July was the last episode. But now we've been busy. You've been busy. Been doing some good stuff. <laughs> well, what have you been doing? Oh, my. Uh, well, the last time we spoke, I was right in the heat of grid season. The mm-hmm. Florida Good League. And, mm-hmm. um, I will keep opinions to myself, so not to get myself nor the team in trouble. But <laughs> uh, we went undefeated up until the championship. We lost the championship match. But those who follow the Florida Grid League understand some of the controversy around it. And that's as much as I'll say. Just because I'm still trying to grow the the AGL, yeah. But since then, it's been school, coaching, kids, school, trying to be better, continuing to. I, I've <laughs> really been on this journey of growth, my man. Yeah, that's why we're been, talking. Oh yeah, sweet. That's what I love about it. <laughs> uh, it it's been a really. I, I've learned a lot. I finally. This is embarrassing to say, especially to all the listeners to hear this, but after 14 years of being in a relationship with my wife, you know, six years date, or I'm sorry, <clears throat> four years dating, uh, or six years dating, and then um, I guess no, 16 years together, I'm sorry, 16 years, six years dating, 10 years married this summer, as of two weeks ago, I finally understand what she needs in regards to support from me. Wow. And I'm thankful that events took place to help me understand that because I, I, I now feel as though I'm at the, I've broken, I've tapped the threshold of Dan and I can create a new Dan. I like how you said that. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you said that. I'm going to steal that. Go for it. I'm going to no tap the threshold. <laughs> I have to pay royalties. <laughs> I think, I think just the fact that you can remember the lengths of time for the different stages of your relationship says probably all you need to say about that because I don't remember that stuff. <laughs> well, that's okay, man. And that's, I mean, that's, that's just purely subjective, right? You know, it's Rachel and we've known each other since we were five. Wow. And we didn't even know this, but we were on the same T-ball team. Wow. Uh, and then fast forward 10 years from that point, we we're in the same English class in driver's ed. And it was like, what's up girl. Huh. And I honestly, from that point, I really, enjoyed her and gotcha. i was so nervous and like, it's kind of that fairy tale story you marry your high school sweetheart type of deal. Well, i didn't know you did that so you you guys have been together one form or another since since high school i guess is what yeah. you're saying wow yes yeah, september 8th 2006 9 32 p.m after look at that game. <laughs> look at that <laughs> it's uh I, i've been together with my wife my wife now since 10th grade that's awesome. Yeah. So we have a lot that's, in common there. I didn't know that about you. I love stories of, of people who've been together since high school. Like, you know, it's unfortunate because people believe that doesn't happen anymore. It, it's crazy. It There's two people of living proof right yeah. here. And I was thinking about it. And in my four years of high school, I can recall older and younger, there are at least 12 couples that are still together. 
That's that impressive. we're friends with on social media. Wow. They're friends of friends and we've seen their babies and whatnot. It's amazing. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So you guys, you guys were still together through college then? Yep. We actually went to University of Evansville together. That's, ah, uh, the same college. Okay. Yep. And then we both transferred to IU and that's, that's actually where I first met Ebe. Got you. Gotcha. Who's your CrossFit? Actually, that's not true. I met him in group fitness classes. He was doing a, a guest uh, instruction. Got you. Yeah. Got you. <clears throat> wow. That's cool. So what kind of growing pains did you go through from high school to college? Because I had some with my, oh, with my relationship. Okay. Um, I'll have to term this sensitively for the, in regards, because a lot of it, a lot of it is information that my wife doesn't want me to share oh, sure, of on course. a public yeah. forum. But yeah, yeah. to keep it simple, let's just say by the time we were seniors in high school, Two years in our relationship, we had gone through everything but pregnancy scares. Mm. Um, there, or in drug addiction type stuff like that. We didn't dabble in any of that, but okay. Um, we to keep it simple, you know, Rachel had in a unique upbringing that my that I was not used to. So I got a little over involved and created some turmoil. Gotcha. Um, and then that kind of spurred some events that weren't ideal for high school kids to go through, but we worked through them. Mm. Um, I mean, the the peaks and valleys that we went through were something. And I, I will tell you some of the stories in private, just you and mm-hmm. me, because they're that. <clears throat> wow, <laughs> they're, they're 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 pretty bad. And well, wow. I won't say I won't say bad. I'll say. It would probably make the people listening to this uncomfortable, and I know it would make gotcha. my life uncomfortable. Gotcha. Yeah, let's not do that. Yeah. But you work you. through them. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, we. we my wife is probably the most patient individual I think I've ever worked with in a relationship because she has been trying to teach me how to be better mm-hmm. the past sixteen years, man, and it just now settled in. Sixteen years. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. It's like what? What kind of saint is she? Well, she wanted to be. <laughs> she wanted to be a nun. Well, there you up, go. So that maybe that helps. There you go. But I think that's know. a lot of that's a lot of relationship. Uh, if you want it to last, a lot of it's just forgiveness and patience. Absolutely, and that's something where I, mean, I can honestly say that I did not hone in well throughout my entire life. Mm. And, boy, that's completely changed entirely. And yeah. I can say that because I know my parents won't listen to this podcast, so <laughs> that sounds mean, but it's true. Yeah. Love you, mom and dad. <laughs> now I'm grounded. 32-year-old can be grounded. Hey, that's awesome. Do you think <laughs> kids have a big big uh, play in that? Uh, yes and no. Yeah. Um, I would say an inadvertent play. It's not like – okay your stereotypical, you know, let's get married, save the marriage to, or let's have mm-hmm. a kid save the marriage type deal. But, you know, Rachel and I actively try to keep at least our oldest for the most part, because she is, every parent thinks their kid is great. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't want this to come across that way, but our oldest is remarkably involved. I mean, mm-hmm. she's seven, she's seven, she'll be eight next month, but she's read all seven Harry Potter books. She, Wow. creates um separate storylines with dog man i don't know if you know what dog man is i, I don't 
you remember Captain Underpants? Yes. So the same creators of Captain Underpants ah, created okay. Dogman. Dogman, okay. Um, so similar art and whatnot, but like this girl at seven years old uses mm-hmm. like almost collegiate level vocabulary sometimes wow. describing things. And it's really, really weird. And quick story. I'll make it really short to tell you why I feel the way I do at Christmas time. Um, she was just the pinnacle of fantastic, the poster mm. child of really good behavior without being asked to do anything. Wow. Uh, and so we were, we wanted to get her something really special and we asked her and she said she wanted the complete Dogman series. Okay. Okay. No problem. So then two weeks before Christmas, excuse me, I called her into the kitchen. I was doing some dishes and I said, Evelyn, Santa wants me to ask you a question, couple of questions. <laughs> number, number one, do you feel as though your behavior is this past year is worthy of getting a special gift solely for yourself? And her response was, well, you and mommy say it was, so I guess so. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then I said, okay, fair enough. Wow. In that case, do you feel as though you really want the Dogman books or do you want a Nintendo Switch? Because she's been talking about that for the a while. Right. And she sat there for a second and somberly said a Nintendo Switch. Somberly. And I said, okay, do you feel like daddy's pressuring you to say that? She said, no. I'm like, all right, well, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Why Why are you saying that? She said, so my sisters can have something and be happy too, so I can oh, share it with them. Oh, man. Like, you had to get bro, it right. We, we did. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, we, come we, on. We got her the books and her aunt got her the, the Switch. Right. Right. Um, Made it happen, though. <clears throat> Yeah, but it was. <laughs> she stood there for a second and started crying. I'm like, well, what's wrong? And she couldn't really figure out why she was crying. To where hmm. I eventually got her to say, "I just am afraid of letting Dogman down." Oh, <laughs> which translates to, "I'm trying to cope with sacrificing what I wanted." <laughs> yeah, so my sisters can be happy. I was like, "All right, hmm. here's your trophy hmm. for Kid of the Year." Wow, you know, shit. I mean, the fact yeah. that she has the understanding and empathy enough to like exactly man. That. that's not taught for me yeah at all i take zero credit but I, I use that story to leverage my seven-year-old daughter has been helping me specifically with my growth to become right. a better father a better person a better human Damn. and definitely a better husband because i straight up asked her you know rachel and i went through some pretty significant turmoil last year mm-hmm. and i said evelyn what do you think daddy can do to to help mommy like daddy more and i didn't use that i don't remember exactly what i said it wasn't that specific sentence but she said well you could write her a letter she'll probably love that so i wrote her an eight-page letter wow sure enough like it was a magnificent suggestion and ever since then like my wife and i try to keep them integrated in a part of hey if mommy and daddy are fighting and you don't understand why stand up between both of us and ask why are you guys fighting help wow. me understand and she has done that before wow yeah and when she says that it makes us think and me a lot because I mean, you've, you've met me in my past like my temper it's not as short as it used to be because of this stuff mm. this journey i've been on but well i've been rambling a lot your turn <laughs> that's why you're on the show brother <laughs> <laughs> it happens uh, it, it's that's, been fun growth that's excellent man that is excellent and excellent that your daughter's able to be that uh, thoughtful you know oh, it's it's offensively impressive <laughs> offensively impressive i'll use that too <laughs> well that's good i'm glad things are going well so aside from that i mean what 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 sort of things have you been doing to work on yourself and improve yourself that's why i talk to you every time i talk to you, you have some new story i've been doing whatever researching whatever 
Well, um, this is pretty much a free range conversation for your podcast, right? That's what it is. Okay. Um, you can edit that question out if you want, <laughs> but because I've, I've been spending a lot of time heavily researching psychedelic psychotherapy for mental health. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it really caught my attention because mm-hmm. I don't remember if I shared with you last time we talked, but in December of November, December of last year, is my camera all wonky? I can't tell. It's like reversed. No, you're good. Okay. At least November, from this, no- this side. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> December, November of last year, um, I went through some tough times mentally to where, right. did I share that with you? You did. You did. Okay. Um, well, I'm not an advocate of SSRIs or antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication because mm-hmm. I know long-term, long-term, it's like a, a woman getting a hysterectomy or their tubes tied. Like it's right. going to mess them up. Right. And, and when I say them, I'm talking like men or woman or, or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> from the pill side of, of taking that medication, um, it, it's going to cause more significant problems later. So Right. There's always a price to pay for that kind of thing. Right. And I know that substances like ketamine, MDMA, acid, DMT, well, I guess DMT is, is like frog piss, but um, <laughs> that stuff has been showing a lot of significant promise right. for assisting people with these issues. And we we dabbled in it uh and it took oh let's say about a almost a year's worth of research prior to legally obtaining the substance for yeah. what it's worth right um and then trial and error with myself first always i'm mm-hmm. never gonna subject anyone else to something until i've tested mm-hmm. it on myself unless of course it's right. training protocols for a high school athlete you do what i think no well just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. No, I know um, what the science is there. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I can I can genuinely say that that combined with other activities, uh, legal activities, has played a magnificent role in opening doors, quote unquote, mm. as cliche as that sounds. And the research is just phenomenal. I mean, there's there's a right. reason now why like the I believe first time since 1950 I, I believe uh there was a federally a federally funded program for veterans in texas for psychedelic psychotherapy research psychedelic psychiatry has been approved and they're putting it into play like texas of all states well, uh, texas is weird well <laughs> <laughs> so i mean ha- having lived there i will not disagree with you but uh, <laughs> since it's since it's mostly like a re- republican state right yeah i get where you're going and, yeah, I, I'm not trying to be condescending in any fashion <laughs> whatsoever. It's just I, having lived there, I know that a lot of people would not support it. But right. data is data. Objective research is objective research. And if it objectively showcases that it can help it to some degree right. without any government manipulation or influence, which <clears throat> that's a rabbit hole conversation for later yeah. in regards yeah. to what may be manipulated, um, why not try it? I mean we know that it the information wasn't 100% accurate what was provided from the nixon and reagan see nixon and reagan uh, uh p- political parties in regards to like what those drugs did to people because mm. well we'll talk about that in private later <laughs> um but that's been the, the the main change 
not right. the main change, like the, the, the impact that I was, my person was having on my wife and my kids was a significant, what was the main catalyst as well as talking with others, but this was an added benefit to the, the journey, I guess. Yeah. So what did you do? I, what did you specifically take? What was it? I mean, uh, it, I started microdosing uh, acid. Okay. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I've only got been able to get a hold of shrooms once, and I didn't really feel anything. But mm. who's who's to say there was nothing underlying? Right. Um, right. But I will. I will. I, and I know that the research associated with uh, acid usage for this type of stuff is less impactful. I believe the most impactful is uh, ketamine, MDMA, and psilocin, which is the, uh, I believe, the final metabolized component of psilocybin from mm. mushrooms, which is what allows the bonding and the stuff to take place. And that, those listening to this, if that information is incorrect, like, please call me out on it. Right, I to, right. I want to yeah, know. Yeah, yeah we're not um, providing real <laughs> scientific research here. We're just talking. No, if, if I if I was, I would have it pulled up right away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there are some really baller TED talks that I've listened to. Yeah, and uh, I've I've recently listened to a couple of. I mean, there's a, a bunch of podcasts I listen to, and there's been uh, several. It seems like within the past year, where yeah. they're interviewing like you know ex ex seals or or yeah. you know other people with significant psychological issues. A lot of. Oh, yeah. um, people with uh, like sexual identification is not issues. Yep. It makes it sound like it's whatever, but to help them sort of come to terms with, you know, whatever eventual decision they're going to land on, it kind of helps them kind of deal with stuff. But there's a lot coming out about this. I think we're just yeah. the very forefront of yeah. um, uh, the public is the very forefront of using it, what it can do and and all that stuff. I'm, I'm I, like you, I'm not so sure that, you know, the government doesn't already know all this stuff. But. <laughs> it's it's interesting because, like, I was only familiar with ketamine as a horse tranquilizer. Right. And as a the anesthetic for kids. Mm-hmm. And now you're expressing research that it is positively, uh, uh, positively, excuse me, it's positively impacting people with bipolar disorder, borderline right. personality disorder, sociopath. Uh, dissociative identity disorder. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that's what I was trying to get at with the, yeah. Schizophrenia also, like, are you kidding me? Like, that's insane. It's incredible. And then you talk about MDMA, ecstasy, helping with PTSD to where, you know, okay, this is legitimate research from from uh, the head dude at MAPS. I can't remember what MAPS stands for, but capital M, capital A, capital P, capital S. Right. That's the main hub for the psychedelic research. Like, <clears throat> this dude did a trial with MDMA on with vet with veterans and a large group of veterans and by the end of the trial they did follow-ups i believe it was um uh biannually and i believe after a year 81 percent of these guys had zero ptsd signs wow. symptoms etc zero and of the 19 percent that were that were left they had significantly dropped and i believe their measurement was like flashbacks and just feeling mm. the triggers and so on and so forth and maybe this may be from a, a different set of research but i believe like the <clears throat> the use of the therapy dog to calm them down i believe somebody gotcha. made a somebody tracked how often the dog would interact each day and based on uh, the session that they had with the mm-hmm. psychiatrist at the time. I, I could be wrong there with this research specifically, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure 
a measurement like that is out there somewhere. I remember hearing or at least reading something about it. Pretty sure I heard something about it. That may have been on the Rogan podcast, but I also Gene me saying this. I, I listen to Rogan, but I'm not an ad. I'm not a huge. I believe this because Rogan said so. <laughs> <laughs> like no, well, we can I, we I, can I, talk about Rogan a little bit. I mean, you you've been sure. listening to him for a long time. Um, I I will tell you, I've been listening to him probably for 10, 12 years. His show has been on that long. I think, I think his show has been on for almost 20 years. Wow. I mean, I remember him back when he was on the man show. Since the early two thousands, I believe I'd have to go back and look at Yeah. Fear Factor. That's awesome. (laughs) That's really awesome. No, I wasn't aware of it. Like, no, I'm like, I've read how to change your mind by written by, by Michael Pollan or Pollan. Right. Um, that that was the, the the first integration I had with the psychedelic psychotherapy, psychedelic research type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the first podcast with Rogan I actually listened to was with David Choi. Okay. And it was the second time he had been on there. So I guess this would have been two years ago. It was the first podcast I listened to with Rogan. So wow. No, I've not been listening to him very long. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm not a, like, I'm not a huge, um, you know, I'm like you, like just because he says it, I, I understand that it's just a dude who first and foremost is a comedian. Yeah. Who is just talking shit on a podcast with and people that the he, shit out of a lot of people too, <laughs> like yourself, <laughs> which is just people that he wants to talk to about the yeah. same thing we're doing here. It's, yeah. He does have a significantly uh, larger um, listener base. And for, from what I understand, it's larger than CNN. I wouldn't be surprised. Like the because... amount of listeners is bigger than who watch CNN, which is insane. Well, a lot of those news media platforms, like it's clear this past, like, yeah, the pandemic was absolutely awful. Everything yeah. associated with the lead up to the Black Lives Matter protest yeah. movements, et cetera, was awful. But that showcased really just how uh, uh, reliable networks like CNN, Fox, right. I mean, everyone knew that Fox is full. Never mind. I'm going to keep it to myself. Sorry. Delete that part. You can uh, have opinions. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, I don't, the only Fox news we watch is a local Fox network that th- these news anchors and whatnot, they mess up all the time. Yeah. Giving their reports and it's hilarious, but they're, they're to me, that's more genuine news, but <clears throat> it makes sense to me how Rogan would have more than more listeners or watchers, whatever than CNN, because yeah. it's, it's uncensored. Well, it's not, it's not that, in my opinion, it's not that like the news is. I mean, we can talk about how how much I don't necessarily trust any of them. Sure. But like, <laughs> um, I think it's what he's doing is closer to actual journalism than oh, the yeah. actual journalism that we you know we're literally paying for. Um, Absolutely, man. Agree full one hundred percent. Yeah, it just doesn't happen. And and I you know I'd kind of. Not not to sound like a know-it-all, but I'd kind of given up on mainstream news like probably five or six years ago. Like I just, oh, really? I I quit. I couldn't stand it, I, and I still can't. And but every once in a while, I'll turn it on and listen, and I and I can like on any given day, and do this as an exercise. Any given day, turn it on and just count. Try to count on your fingers how many times one of the one of the journalists just gives their opinion. Oh yeah, it's and it's rough. just like nonstop, and I'm like, and I don't an opinion, need your opinion. Even, yeah, it, it, that's silly. Like your job isn't to provide subjective information. Yeah, in a channel like Fox, MSNBC, and and now CNN's doing it more often than not. They will they'll have the segment that is actual, like just the facts, this news, 
And every once in a while, they'll like drip in their opinion or the guy will make a face or they'll point at each other or like, you know, <laughs> you're like, you're, you're, you're still like, you're still giving your, you're supposed to be like, you know, I'm 48 years old. To me, the news that I grew up with was just, they didn't care. They didn't care if you were Democrat. They didn't care if you were Republican. Yeah. They didn't care if you were gay or you were straight, black yeah. or white. They would just, here's the facts. Mm-hmm. Like they would just report it. Even if it went against like, if they had an agenda, if it went against their agenda, they would still just report the story. They'd be nah, like, well, it, it sucks to hear this, but you need to hear it, you know? Yeah. That's, that's a bummer that you know, I, I don't know what the catalyst was for this. Well, what is it the the kids call it? The the woke culture or the cancel yeah. culture? Yeah, yeah. Whatever that's called. <clears throat> I, it'd be really interesting to find a, an objective, unbiased, Mm-hmm. location is to where that catalyst lies like where where did it stem from like it wasn't us i don't understand I, i've got yeah. a friend of mine that that i get on the show every once in a while um Shakees, and he is a uh media literacy advocate so he's a professional okay. goes around and he's trying to work with the uh, state school board here and, and just education in general about how we all need to need to extend and learn media literacy which is uh, simply put is like be aware of the source that's saying the thing they're saying (laughs) you know what i mean yeah i I think we just like if it's on facebook man like you got got (laughs) the giant like is this shit real like it doesn't matter who it is you know but i think we get into this situation where like well you know my granddad said so and so so i'm gonna listen You know, and it's like, yeah, anecdotes, not facts. Yeah, it's like, well, your granddad might be a great dude, but like, uh, I mean, does he really know what he's talking about? Yeah. Sorry, but probably not, you know? And if it's anything like, you know, my granddad's, they're probably racist as fuck, you know? (laughs) Like, it just comes with the territory of, a, you know, being an 80 year old dude. Different times. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't know. I don't know what to believe anymore, man. We can believe. I like we to have this moment. This is I like to I like to make up my own decision, but that's probably one of the things I think I like about Rogan. I mean, aside from you know, it, I'm a dude, so the bro part doesn't really affect me as much. I you know I should sure. slide in and out of that world, but like it is the <laughs> fact that he will. Ju- I mean, he's just asking questions, and you know, yeah. and he has he's like, well, I think this because I've done my research, but he does seem open to you know having oh, his mind changed. Absolutely, he does, and that's one thing. Like, I'm not going to use this as a as a as a, <clears throat> a segue or a tangent, but uh, a part of the journey I've gone through is not feeling responsible for others' emotions and reactions. How they Ooh. react is their choice, right? And you can't feel it, it's not. I, I shouldn't say you can't, um, but Rogan, like, he says things, and if it's objective data. Mm-hmm. And the person gets upset, like that's their choice to get upset about it. Right. And you can't, you, excuse me, you can, but is it appropriate to feel responsible for making that person react the way they did? Or is that just their own decision? Yeah. And can you allow yourself to feel as though you need to, it's like, a, it's like apologizing for your feelings for another human being. I love yeah. you. I'm sorry. I love you. But that's your feelings. Who has the right to tell you that? That was in. Go ahead. You go ahead. I was gonna say. I think that's a big part of. I don't know if you've read it. Um, 
because I haven't read it, but I've I've read the synopsis and little posts about it. But a Will Smith's new book, um, I think it's called Will. But I think that's a big part of it. Like you talking about relationships, which is what we started off with. Mm-hmm. That I am not responsible for the happiness that my wife finds day in and day out. I mean, mm-hmm. I play a factor in it. I can make things miserable. <laughs> you know, I can I can definitely make her unhappy. But the but the fact that she want if she wants to wake up and not be happy, like that's not something that I'm responsible for. Um, her decision, right? Yeah. Like, hopefully she's happy with me, and hopefully I, you know, I help that out, and I'm not part mm-hmm. of a problem. You know, that's yeah. a different subject, I think. But like, yeah, if I live my day worrying about her deciding to be happy. That's going to make me just travel in circles and, and, and never get anywhere and probably live a miserable life and vice versa. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I'll, I'll, I'll add another example to that. If I may, uh, it, it falls right in line with what you said, and it might be pretty relatable to a lot of scenarios currently. Like my sister's a doctor. She mm. is higher up in a hospital in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I believe she, at this point, it's a teaching hospital. I think she mm. runs her department. Um, I don't, I don't, I could be butchering up. It doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> so she lives in the in the COVID world. Like, I need to protect mm. my family. I have these rules that people need to follow when they come right. to the house. I'm going to shut my doors off and so on and so forth. So my mom and dad are very much, uh, we're not going to wear masks. We're not right. going to get vaccinated, which is fine. I don't give a shit. That's your choice. Okay? Right. I, I do what I need to do with whatever facility I go to with that, mm-hmm. whatever they ask me to do. You want me to wear a mask? Okay. You know what's going to happen when I leave the facility? I'm going to go home and eat food go to bed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, um, <laughs> my, my my parents struggle with accepting all of that. Right, and right. Their, their inability to see my sister's side. Like, one, it's my sister's house. It's her rules. You're a guest in their house. You follow mm-hmm. them. Period. doesn't matter. Right. They don't want you to hold their children because you've been sick. You don't hold their children. You wear a mask, wear a mask. It is their rules for their right, house. Right. <clears throat> the refusal for my parents to see that has led my sister to believe that she is a bad person. But right. Makes you question. Absolutely. But she and my, my brother-in-law, they have done a phenomenal job with talking through things together. They 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 are very no, I'm not trying to input religion in here, but they're they're very Christian, they're very devout. They use God as and and Jesus in the Bible as their mm-hmm. helpful tools to get through day to day. And you know, they have a really good counselor. Uh, I believe they go to a a, a a priest. No, no, no. I don't remember exactly, but I think they go to a psychiatrist or, or, or together. Okay. Wow. Uh, to to help with these things, but they've been doing that since a, a long time. Like they wow. don't have they have your poster marriage honestly like they're always on the same page wow. they communicate expressively well but anyway like my sister's the type of person where if you needed 10 cents and she had seven cents she would get you 15 cents wow right she would she would give you everything that she had to make sure you could survive it's like why is gene my, my sister is probably objectively one of the best human beings one of the best human beings I have met in my life. Like, obviously she's my sibling and I hated her at one point. (laughs) Yeah. But like (laughs) she, her, she and my brother-in-law, like they, they live by that. You know, we can't be responsible for your guys, just meaning my parents 
how you react to our rules mm-hmm. because we're going to be miserable and right. we're also adults. We're going to run our house type of deal. Yep. And as negative as, as negative as that sounds, I'm just using it to, as, as an added example to you, eliminating that stress of worrying about how other people react. Yeah. And there's a, there's a statement, right? I don't understand why they have these rules. I don't understand why they, I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. You're telling well, you yourself do, what the problem is. <laughs> yeah. Do you have to fucking understand? Like, right. No. No. You know, why? do you study, do you study stoic philosophy? Yes. Because you're hitting a lot of the, uh, the high points of uh, some of the first things that you'll pick up. Um, there's a, there's an author I read a lot, Ryan Holiday. I don't know if you read much of his mm-hmm. stuff. Ego is yeah. the enemy. Courage, oh yeah. Courage is the way and stuff. Um, like any of his books, you're hitting like the the top things. And and yeah, you do yeah. not like. What a great world we'd live in if everybody understood that like you don't have to one have an opinion about it, and two, yeah. you don't have to respond to it. I you don't have to have a response. Role there, but yeah, you're exactly right. I, I my wife made a very bold statement at. So when she did, when I think it was either Bullock or Captain's career course, uh, but either way, they were both at Fort Jackson there. And um, <clears throat> she said that social media merely allows people to believe that their opinions matter. Yeah, So, it, so it's, it's really funny you said that because it, it's, no, it's so true. Do our, yeah. it, it, you know, there's, a, I believe I said in the last episode too, but as Rick Sanchez states, when you believe that nothing matters, I mean, in this case, your opinion, yeah. the world, the world is yours. Yeah. He That's says right. that to, to Beth, uh, when he, the, when she's trying to believe if she's the clone or not, or he said that he could make her a clone. How much time do you think, or how much, uh, anxiety is created? Do you think from people simply worrying about what other people think? you know what i mean subjectively in my past i can say quite a bit yeah i think that's where most of it comes from oh yeah i mean it's from social media specifically or (laughs) what do you mean yeah social media life whatever but social media in particular yeah reference the movie american beauty yeah there you go it's like going old school with the movies man (laughs) before i i'm not going to actually answer that question fully because I want to read stuff on it first. Because mm. um, I can, I'm, I'd be surprised if there's no objective statistical analysis or su- surveyed analysis of that specific question, like anxiety related to pleasing people. Yeah, I mean, look, look at celebrities, man, or like, the fear of, or the fear of displeasing people. Yeah, oh probably, yeah, probably more. That's probably stronger. Yeah, probably. I mean, it's. Let's see. Who was the comedian from Seinfeld who played Kramer? Oh, I forget his name, but yeah. Uh, yeah. But the, the blow up that he had, where he yeah, was yeah. dropping the in bomb left and right at that guy, like that's a primo example of yeah. like I'm tired of worrying about you people. Yeah, I'm gonna scream at you and ruin my career. <laughs> I know. It's, it's <laughs> I don't care anymore. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Or be like Dave Chappelle in a sense, and be like, you know yeah. what? I live on a farm in Ohio. <laughs> I know. Bye. <laughs> I know. I'll come back later and make a, a, a transgender joke that's going to cause controversy, and then I'm going to go live my life still, and then I'll be yeah. back later again. Yeah, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, Y'all, there's more of you that love me than that hate me right now. Absolutely, <laughs> man. That, that 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 question is so deep, Gene. Mm-hmm. It really is. That that that's going to send me down a 
Uh oh, <laughs> a rabbit hole. Well, there's after a, we're done. There's another guy that that I didn't give a chance at first, and I would recommend if you haven't, or if you made the same uh, knee jerk reaction that I did, is a guy named Jay Shetty. He he looks very he looks very young. He's an Indian guy. Looks very young. He's on network TV sometimes. He's Man. got a podcast, whatever. But he lived as a I'm going to get it wrong. I think he lived as a Tibetan monk for like four or five years. Oh, like he was like a tech guy or whatever, making money. He just decided to throw it all away, and he because he was super super anxiety ridden and all you know everything that modern man deals with when they're trying to make mm-hmm. money, especially in the San Francisco tech world. But anyway, he lived oh. as like a Tibetan monk for a couple of years and he came out with some books and stuff. And I, I kind of wrote him off because I was like, tech guy, young, <laughs> whatever. But yeah. he, he has, he said something that it really sticks with me all the time. And it like, I can't get it out of my head and I will share this with you so that it can bake Please your do. noodle. You probably already know this because you're smart, but Oh, and I'm going to get it wrong that I, now that I'm putting myself on the spot. He says that uh, you are your, – your personal view of yourself mm-hmm. is made up not of what you think of yourself, but it's what you think oh, other people think you. you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My wife actually said that to me not too long ago. We were, actually, we were talking about that. I didn't know that was from him though. It, I, maybe he got it from somewhere else, but that's, he's the guy that said it, that I heard it from, but that's, that's so unique because that is likely the single most accurate statement in regards to self portrayal. Right. And why we have the identity crisis we do throughout our life at certain, like at different points. I think so. <clears throat> I think about like, wow. I mean, you ever like, let's say you go to the gym and you hit like a, I mean, like it's a hard workout, whatever, but you, you know, you feel like you did well, probably the best you've done in a long time. You just smoked it and you feel great and you walk out and you're just like, man, I fucking killed that thing. You mm-hmm. feel awesome. Is that because you actually did well or because you think everybody was watching you and they think you're awesome? Like well, I think about I... that a lot when I leave the gym and I'm like, I thought they thought I was awesome. I mean, I'm going to go with it because I want to feel great. But like, what is it really? You know, interesting. So everyone needs their own little bumps, right? That's why I think so. a lot of CrossFitters post their videos. A lot I think of bodybuilders so. post yeah. their videos. Like, yeah. A lot of times on the elite level CrossFit world, like they're training by themselves. Like, you know, making the bench press example personal, like I got, there, there's nobody watching me. The garage is just <laughs> yeah, me. Right. And there, there's no one else. I mean, there's a, <clears throat> the high school kids that I train or that I coach on something, they come and work out and also a couple of neighbors come over and lift and put them through stuff. But like when it's just me out there working out, it's either mm-hmm. me and my wife or just me. So, and I've since stopped posting on social media because I had that recognition of what you just said. It's like, yeah, it's deep, man. I, I just posted this for people to double tap or to give the thumbs up. Like I double tap the like or, yeah, yeah. or put a little heart yeah, emoji little... or whatever. It's like, I did nothing impressive. What's impressive? Oh, yeah, I just deadlifted 600 pounds. Awesome. Eddie Hall just did 500 kilograms. Half of Bjornsson did 501 kilograms. That's double. Yeah, but <laughs> it, we are not those why? guys. Well, no, but I, I, use that, I use that as a silly example. Right, right. Makes sense, you know, though. Like, I posted a 20-minute video of my daughter opening up Pokemon packs Mm-hmm. to show like ooh, we got this shiny charizard <laughs> card what do you have charizard. Like, wait, wait a minute wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> so like, i'm thankful that you brought that up because 
that we must be living in the same. You watch Attack on Titan? Probably not. I don't. No. Well, I won't reference it then. Well, Those of you maybe I should listening. Watch well, yes. But <laughs> the, the LDN people, for those of you listening who watch Attack on Titan, that's where Gene and I are. We're in the Titan realm. We're okay. connected. We're connected all the time. Gotcha. Basically, so. we're, on the, we're on the same bandwidth at all given points. I, I think so, man. <laughs> I, I, I feel your presence across the states. <laughs> well, oh, I have a well tell me about tell me a little bit about what you're doing um, coaching wise. What are you into right now? Uh, swimming mostly still. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of the the bread and butter. But um, <clears throat> pretty involved with the Florida Grid League team. The game's yep. a wild man. We're we just picked up another former uh, national pro grid league player, Braden Ruby. Wow. Uh, he he was on the San Francisco Fire, and he's a buddy of mine too. It's funny because the <laughs> the majority of our Florida grid league team is from Texas. <laughs> well, I think hey. th- yeah, right. Well, I mean, I you think about like an NFL team. Most of those dudes on a team don't live in that city. Yeah, I mean, when I was coaching with the NPGL, I coached the Miami Surge, and none of them were from Miami. Right. <laughs> the owner was from. Is excuse me. The owner lives in. Um, oh. Oh crap! What's the what's the city near Miami that begins with an L? Um, oh man, crap! <laughs> it's right there above it. Not I don't know. Oh well, people listening will know. Yeah, uh, it's right there north of it. Um, but <clears throat> it, it's the Florida Grid League is amateur, right? Um, and all of our team. Let's see, we have seven of them are from Texas. Or now seven of them. Mm. Two two of them are from Minnesota. One from Arkansas. The one from Arkansas is a professional strong woman. Oh wow! Deadlifts five fifty. Holy moly! Back squats over four hundred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. How do you she, coach that? She just coaches herself in a sense. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, you were a part of the the grid mm-hmm. six. Like, yep. The the team creates the strategy holistically. Right. Um, and then we implement guidance here and there. I mean, we're all adults and everybody on the team is a coach. So we, yeah, we I cooperate together. Like right. my role, my role is to tell people when to go if mm. it's needed. The strategy and, and tactics. Yeah. It, well, yes, I know. It's just an added voice in a gotcha. sense. And I'm gotcha. also a cheerleader. Um, and then the head coach who owns the team, like he does the same thing, but he creates a lineup, but we gotcha. actually, as a team, as a team, one of our biggest – the thing that channeled in most of our success was we created the lineup together using objective data, period. Like, the clock doesn't lie. Legit. Right? But anyway, you asked – I'm not answering your question. Hmm. Um, I've pretty much – I've pretty much detached myself from the CrossFit world. Okay. Um, I actually applied to three – teaching jobs at life university okay uh to be a professor for a couple courses yeah and and one at kennesaw state okay as well hoping to get get my foot in the door as a professor sooner than later because i am still my phd is going a little slowly Mm. due to i mean uh, i had to withdraw from my courses eight weeks because the kids got sick oh man there were there were also some personal issues that took place to my wife and myself but gotcha that that was part of the journey Gotcha. Um, but it's okay. You know, it's still going to happen. Yeah, just never uh, give up. <clears throat> never give up. That's, never what surrender. Tell, that's what I tell people in the gym all the time, man. Don't stop. Just go slower. Dude, I love... 
what you put up every day. Do you? you? I appreciate it. Yeah. Does Heather put so much stuff up too? Yeah. She's starting to, yeah. yeah. She's starting to get back involved I mean, in coaching and stuff. I love it. Like, Gene, you've always been a dude that, like, even when I first met you, like, I knew that things were going to click pretty well. Oh, thanks. I, I was going to appreciate you a lot. And I, I don't know if, kind of what the catalyst for it was, but the people that you get to interact, you get a, you have the opportunity to teach. Like I know not even being there that they know you are going to learn from them and they are going to learn an astronomical amount from you because you're going to take the information, visual, uh, tactful, verbal, whatever that they provide you. You're going to digest it. You're going to consume it, metabolize it, and then expel it with much more substance to where you're going to impact this. I'll use the term general population with no negativity associated to it, but you are taking adults and creating leaders who may already be in a leadership role. I say that, I hope you believe that that's genuine sincerity. I appreciate it. You remind me a lot of a dude, uh, his name was coach Bueller. For Duke University in the 70s. Uh, he was called Coach Cool Cat. He's <laughs> the most impactful. He At Duke University, he gave a lot of, uh, if I can use the term, black athletes. Mm. Um, those who didn't have opportunity, he recruited them. Gotcha. And did a John Wooden-like approach, even though he was coaching at the same time. And he created... Ex- exponential athletes but mm. better humans like you're that type of dude you're the you're the greatest coach that nobody wow. really knows thank you internationally thank you but I, don't, I don't really know your international affiliation but eh. like <laughs> i have no affiliations <laughs> I, I hope that i don't well, know thank if you. those words i don't know those words carry any weight they do carry a lot of weight with I, me I, I genuinely mean it i appreciate you're it one of the, you're one of the most impactful people in my life Wow. Wow. That means a lot, brother. Seriously. It does. There's no problem. It's awesome. It means a lot to me. They just want to talk. Yeah. Always, (laughs) always, always learn something from you, man. You always bring something different, different perspective. (laughs) I I just love talking with you. Cool. Stop it. You. (laughs) All right. Well, I think I'm going to literally going to stop it. I think that's a good episode. Uh, good point. Um, I'll stay on the line. I still want to talk to you a little bit, but uh, sure. Yeah, thanks for fine. thanks for coming on the show again and, and bearing your soul, man. You always do. I appreciate you letting me be on again. I, I really enjoy it, and I hope that if people have comments, questions, concerns, that they call me out on it because I I want to mm-hmm. I want I have a new motto. I want to fail every day. Ooh, damn! We should have opened with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. That's great. You can put it. You can put it as a title. Yeah. <laughs> I want to fail every day. I like that, man. That's that's courage. It helps you, know? you learn the most. I, yeah. That is what's helped me grow the most the past year is failing every single day. Mm-hmm. It has hurt. It's hurt like a motherfucker. Yeah. But it's it, it needed to happen. It needs to happen every day. Yeah. Well, you, you don't practice martial arts, but I will say you are a black belt in life, my friend. <laughs> that, that's um, That has a lot of weight to it. I think I you mean, got that, it. That, that, you really get it. You so much. You get it. All right, everybody. Thanks.